Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For 35 years, Cindy Stumpo has been a female home builder with a passion for design, a mastery of detail, and a commitment to her craft. With daughter Samantha Stumpo by her side. I don't need my whole family on a date with me. That's a good thing. No, it's goddamn weird. See, Stumpo Development is the only second generation female construction company in the country. You're crazy, you're a wacko, you're insane. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't end. Together, Cindy and Samantha welcome guests to explore the world of construction, real estate development, design, and more. You're unpredictable. Every time I think I know what you want, you switch it up, but that's what makes your houses all unique. They discuss anything that happens between the roof and the foundation. Nothing is off limits. I, you truly do care about everybody. She can yell and she can scream, but when you get her alone, she's the best person on the planet. Cindy Stumpo is tough as nails. Welcome to Cindy Stumpo, Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm here with who tonight, Samantha? Are you here? I don't know. Right now I'm so tired. I don't know who you are. Whatever your name is. Hey, Blondie, introduce everybody. Go ahead. We have Nick, Haley, and Kevin. Yep. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves more? Sure. Well, then speak up. That's called a mic. You put your face into it and you start to use it. There you go. There you go, buddy. My name is Nick Mattia. I'm with uh, Luxury Residential Group. Does that thing pull out a little closer because the guy's like 6'2 and he's leaning over? Like, hello. You got that? Okay, good. Take it from there. Should I start over? No, go. Go. Been in the business 13 years. Work primarily in downtown, Back Bay, Seaport. Some stuff in the suburbs as well. You like, like what you Samantha. do. You, you're talking like monotone. I know you have a bigger personality. Yeah, than this. No, but, and he's really handsome too. I'm not. I'm not flirting with you, but you are handsome. I just want. Don't I, worry, Ray. Really don't worry, Ray. I, I want the listeners I, to know I get very good-looking people I, in the studio. But go ahead. <laughs> Help me out here, okay? All right, you're really handsome. Am I going to really freak you out? I would never do anything else. I have the best job, the best business I could ever dream of having, and it's the greatest market to work in, especially. Especially in Back Bay, because we have such a great network of uh, real estate agents and brokers that we all work together, and it's it's almost like a collective group. But we all have our own businesses, but we all cooperate. And Where are you from? Originally, yeah, Linfield. Of course, so I, I heard the North Shore come right out, and that's what I'm asking you. <laughs> Can't get rid of that North Shore voice. I don't know what it is. It's a little bit of an accent. Trying. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Okay. We're going to have a tough time with my voice. That's called, like, after you have COVID, then you lose your voice and you get it back, whatever. Okay, so we've established that you're a broker, you're handsome, and you're from the North Shore, so I like you already. You hit the trifecta. I'm also a lawyer. You might not like me. Oh, well, we'd like to run you guys over, okay? (laughs) (laughs) They always say, what's the difference between a used car dealer and a lawyer? But no, no, you're good. You're great. All right, so let's go. Next one. Hi, I'm Haley Cutter with Cutter Lux Living at Compass. I run a, a team, and we are located from downtown Boston, North Shore, South Shore, and extended to Cape Cod. So thanks so much for having me here today. I love having you. Kevin? I'm Kevin Lewis with Compass. I uh, run a team of four of us, and I primarily do the waterfront uh, south of Boston, Cohasset, Hingham, Situate, um, waterfront real estate. Okay, and Samantha, you're a part of the market. What's your market share? What's your piece of the pie? <laughs> do you guys still do that when the brokers used to come back in the old days and show me, 
here's my pie, Cindy, and we own this much of the pie. There's you guys one company do that? that still does that, but we don't do that. Oh, my God. I'm sure my age. Okay. So you guys don't Sorry do that. that. But you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I know exactly. We'll like, talk off the air to tell you what company okay. still does it. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the pie. It used to not impress me by it. But the by pies the were all made up numbers. No, so it, it, even it didn't even impress me. I mean, I, listen. I don't care how big your pie is, okay? Can you sell this house that I just built? Can you sell this one? I don't care how big your pie is. Actually, I just changed my mind. I'm going with the person with a little piece of pie because they're going to work harder for me. And I threw the big pie out there, out of my office. That's really the truth. And stayed with a small boutique my whole career. Sammy? Yes. What part of Boston are you servicing? Um, the suburbs, Newton, Brookline, Chestnut Hill. Good place to pick, by the way. Pretty recession-proof. You didn't really let they're, me pick they're, anywhere they're, else. They're, they're all in trouble. Okay, you're going to stand tall. Okay. <laughs> All right, but it takes, it took, like, it's taken all the other guys to figure this out. All right, so we're going to talk about many things. But, Haley, we've introduced you, Kevin, handsome over there from Linfield. Do you remember his name? No, I don't remember. That's why she said that. She didn't remember your name. Right, give me the name. Yeah, now I feel like I'm ugly. Nick. Because she called him Nick. handsome, she called my name. Nick. Me, listen, it's been an all-nighter for me last night. Okay. Let's talk about all-nighter, the All-nighter, but she's never been drunk in her life. No, it was an all-nighter, very sad news. But anyways, I'm in the studio, and I didn't want to blow this show off because this show's important. Okay, let's start with how did you all get started in the business? Real fast. I know you love it, Nick. You first? Yeah. Uh, I, was, um, I worked for a major bank back in 2006, 2007, and I worked in the mortgage industry as a wholesaler. And then when all the banks failed, I started my real estate career. I said, now it's... Time to go sell all these foreclosures that we created. Wasn't that wonderful times? It was great. insanity. It was great, wasn't it? The, the, there was no lending standards. They basically taught the guys that did my job how to beat underwriters and appraisers to get loans closed. It was just absolute insanity back then. But the after effect of now. what went down, the deals that were out there oh my for gosh. buyers, which is especially for developers. People right? that bought in like 2010, 2009. But remember how many people went down and how many people... All the little pigs kind of grew, and all the big pigs got slaughtered, and that's what happened. Yeah. And it's going to happen again. Mark my words. I've been through two recessions and one hiccup in 35 years. I'm prepared for this one. The difference between people my age that are developing, we know the game. We know. We understand it. We know it's coming, and Everyone's when it comes— shaking their head, but nobody can actually see that. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> we see, we're on radio, not TV right now, so if you I'm shake it— Okay. So they're just listening. So they're shaking their heads. Okay. But when you've been through the game long enough to understand the game, there's a skill to this game. You're not going to see me get emotional. My first time when I hit a recession, oh, yeah, I was pretty emotional. And the second time, I was a little less emotional, right? The hiccup was like, yeah, okay, that's going to go away. This time, I'm prepared. I'm waiting because we need a correction. You don't have – people have got so emotionally crazed the last two, three years trying to buy houses, Okay. That's not a fair playing field. A fair playing field in real estate is when developers and builders can build up right, they make a living, you brokers come in, you sell them, and the end user feels like they didn't get taken down buying that house. That's what I call a fair market. This has not been a fair market, and I don't want to play in a market that's not fair. So builders that have been around a long time feel exactly the way I feel. The newbie guys, the last seven, eight years, if you didn't make money in real estate, then, you know, you should be out of the business because it's been the best seven, eight years of, 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 of all, okay? And especially the last three. But the newbies think, oh, this is going to last forever, right? So I've heard that so many times in my career. I'm just going to keep spending my money because I'm going to keep making money. 
Oh, yeah. When the light switch goes off, it goes off. And we'll talk about that, okay? I want to know from less than a year ago, let's go seven months out to right now. You start. Go. Where's the market right now for you? Has the market slowed down? And what are you seeing on the, what's, what's the writing on your wall? What have you, there's always writing on the walls. It's just there, you can't see it. You have to be smart enough to see it yourself. Yeah, I mean, reality is, is buyers are getting all the contingencies they want in the world where I am right now. And of that, 25% of those deals are falling apart. You know, whether it's their rates doubled, whether they had their home inspection, they found something they weren't comfortable with. But no matter what, if you asked me seven months ago, I maybe would have one deal fall apart every quarter. Right now, I'd probably say a quarter of them are falling apart. So it's going to soften up. People are getting cocky. Buyers are getting nervous. I haven't seen the sellers be willing to but, come down, but though. But hear what you just said. Oh, the sellers will. See, they have to. Their platinum is not platinum anymore. Yeah. And sellers have been obnoxious. See, Stumpo Development, we have never been obnoxious in our prices. We don't get greedy. Okay, like I said before, little pigs grow, big pigs get slaughtered. This is how you look at a deal as a developer. When you buy a deal, and I've stood by this for 35 years and I'm never going to change the way I think, and you might want to push this out to your builders and your developers that you work for. If you buy a deal, this is how I look at it, 23 years old. What's the worst case scenario? Okay, can I get out what I get in? Can I fire sale it out what I get in? Two, can I rent it for what I have in? Three, anything north of that, if I make money, I make money. Right? Now let's hold that thought. I'm Cindy Stumpo and you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Be right back. Sponsored by Floor and Decor, National Lumber and Village Bank. Welcome back to Tevas Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm Cindy, and uh, that's Samantha, and that's Nick, and there's Haley, and there's Kevin, right? Did I get them all right? Yeah. Did. I'm doing Got good. It. So, do you understand what I'm saying? So, there's three ways to look at a deal. But now you have people that have pa- have stopped with, I'll pass everything. I-, I-, I don't need a home inspection. Yeah, you need a home inspection. Okay? And all the brokers were, and I did not allow, Sammy, come on, let's talk here. Yep. When we went into this market, I said, you are going to take care of your buyers. Okay? I actually refused to make offers for certain buyers if they wanted to buy a product I didn't think was worthy of that. Because all you have out there is your reputation. Once the brokers started playing the games again, final best, final and best, come back around second, third time, I would have been disappointed in her if she ever ran her business that way. And I warned her, you can play the game like all the other brokers, but eventually your reputation will go down. See, they're going to ride the wave. And she'd say to me, well, you know what? The seller wants me to do that. Well, guess what? For the seller that's selling an $800,000 home that's going to get knocked down, let somebody else have it. Let somebody else have it. I don't want you to play that emotional game. I don't want you to go back to people and say, listen, can you give me final and best? The minute I hear final and best or come around, I'm gone. Yeah, all the other developers can fight over it. Go ahead. Go go kill each other over the deal. So there is a way. And now for people of my age that have been in this business long enough, we want to see a correction. Not No disrespect to your generation, but to feel a little bit of pain, especially if you've been in the market the last seven, eight years and you haven't felt that, 
Everybody's too cocky, right? You, you got you to gotta stop that, right? So, and we've had many shows about this, right, Sammy? Yeah. The cockiness, the cockiness, and then now you're going to feel it, and it's not fun. It's a lot of new brokers that act like that, not okay, brokers so, that have been in the, doing this longer. All right, so that's what I'm going to ask you. Nick, have you been, do, what kind of broker are you? You you play the game, you're a straight-up broker, you try to do the best you can. Explain to me. I only, the only thing for me to do is do the best thing for my clients. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm an agent. I act on behalf of clients. So you're the, And if you don't do that, you will not have a business. Okay, so what have you felt the last few years with people waiving their inspections, waiving their rights for everything so, to get a house? I do the majority of my business in the city, and the city's been a relatively efficient, normal market in the past couple of years, meaning people make offers, they negotiate, they might have a contingency. In the suburbs, I've done probably three or four deals in the suburbs in the past couple of years that were, I literally felt bad for my clients because of the emotional roller coaster that they were going through, making offers, losing bids. They, you know, this is their home. They, they want this home, and they, and then they lose it because they weren't going to bid a hundred thousand over asking on an eight hundred thousand dollar house. It's tough to watch that, and eventually, when they get the house, it's it's wonderful. But I had I got to the point this past spring where I was like, I'm not even going to go near the suburbs. There was one person I was helping, and I begged her to not buy anything and just wait until like May until things calm down because everybody knew that rates were going to go up and it was just mad frenzy where people were paying these exorbitant numbers for houses that you would never even consider two years ago okay. in towns that you would never consider. So you, you, you felt the pain of your clients? Yeah, yeah. The bias. So you go, I'm staying in Boston because everything was more level there, especially through COVID. Yes. It was, I mean, that's where my business is anyways, but people would ask me to help them in the suburbs and I'd refer them out and I'd say, listen, I can't, I can't help you because I can't. So you think you're one of those better brokers that will survive. You're here for the long term. You've been in the business a long time now. Yeah, I I hope so. I, I don't take anything for granted, but you know, in this business, you just have to do the right thing every day. Exactly. And, you know, hope for the best. Because your best form of advertising is what? Referral. Your referrals. And your reputation. Your reputation. That's yeah. right. It's and what I'll echo is Nick is an extremely reputable broker. He expressed earlier that there is a, a number of brokers downtown, and we all cooperate really, really well together. And um, Well, you guys have, like, all this whole Level Up, right, group? Is that? They're no? not part of this. Oh, you're not even part of Level Up. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But I, I have done deals regularly with Tons. Sam and Nick, and I see Kevin all the time in our social office, and this crew here... They know reputation is everything, and you've got the best. Okay, and Haley, talk about you. Talk about your feelings on the market, how you have, how you've performed out there. Sure, what so- you think of yourself as a broker? Look, at I only bring guests in that I have respect for. Okay, thank you. So you're all in here because Sammy respects you. She's playing the game with you guys every day. I only want the best in my studio, right? So you already win that award. We know thank that, you. but I want the listeners to know who you are. I already know who you are through Samantha. I want the listeners. Haley, tell so, the listeners. Similar to Nick, the bulk of my personal business is right downtown Boston. So downtown Boston has been a pretty level playing field since 2020. Sam and I have done some deals there, yeah. and we've worked really, really hard. So I feel, feel right now the brokers who are transacting in Boston, they are the best of the best because COVID has weeded out a lot. Yeah. It has. Now, I'll help out team members in the suburbs, and every now and then I'll, I'll take a listing in the suburbs. 
Um, but that's a different playing field. And I have been in the position representing a seller coming from Boston, being like, I can't wait to go to Duxbury and represent that seller, and I'm going to get 10 offers, and it's going to be so fun. And then I do it, and I feel terrible. Because every single person is writing a handwritten note, and I'm reading it, mm. and my seller's reading it, right. and we know that nine of them are going to lose. So here I was, not transacting so downtown. So let the listeners know, people actually, when they're making offers, were writing personal letters. Absolutely. Why they really need the house, and what we- what it would do for their family, that the floor in the foyer was the same floor that their grandfather had. Yeah. And, you know, it just, the list went I on and on and on. I actually had a client and, and that, that made me write in their contract that they would not accept any personal letters because th- their lawyer told them they could get sued for that. I don't know anything about that, but I know in 06, those personal letters were flying in, in every direction. And they pull at your oh, heart. Yeah. They yeah, do. It does. It does. It does. I had one, you know, and we weren't even playing, you know, we weren't even playing that. But Sin, I need, what he said, I need this house. My kids live around the corner, you know, it's all yours, take it. I wasn't even selling the house, it was my house. I felt bad, but go ahead. All right, so I think Nick and I, it's, we're unique and we see both sides of it, and I know I thought, it's gotta be a whole letter, easier out in the burbs. And then I experienced it, and if Nick's referring business out, he doesn't wanna go there, then we feel the same on that. Yeah. So you guys love being Boston brokers? I do. They actually work a lot in the, the same best. building. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so happy when I walked in and I saw Nick here today. We transact a lot at Millennium Tower. Um, We see each other at Echelon, Millennium Place. We've probably known each other for eight, nine years. Okay, so before I move on to Kevin, how's the Boston market right now? Is it still have the COVID discount that it has? No COVID discount, but also no rhyme or reason. None. Whatever playbook people thought they had, throw it out the window. Downtown Boston, as far as I'm concerned, is the Wild West right now. We just, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what to predict. We think we'll have a great quarter. It will be terrible. We'll think we'll have a terrible quarter. It will be great. No rhyme or reason. So there's right now, it's just plain luck. And hire a really strong broker. That's Well, uh, that's the obvious, right? Yeah. You need a good broker. But the rest of it is, where's the market? Mm-hmm. Is the seller going to sell if you get the offer from the buyer? You representing more sellers or more buyers? I represent about <clears throat> double the amount of sellers. And Nick... You do more right, buyers? Right now, or? I'm transitioning more towards seller rep just yeah. because that's the stage in my business where I am. I'm seeing a lot more people that are a lot more people are selling now that I've sold to a few years ago. But I do about 50-50, I'd say, in terms of seller versus buyer rep. But I was, to, to Haley's point about the unpredictability of the downtown market, I was looking at the numbers today of what uh, month supply, right? Because yeah. typically six-month supply is like your normal efficient market. The, the Midtown market where Millennium Tower, Millennium Place, it's about a six month supply. But if you go to Seaport, it's so like a two like month supply. I get it. No, I get it. I so don't this, Thank you, Samantha. I didn't know where Millennium was. My God, hallelujah. Well, everybody thank else in the God. country doesn't necessarily know. Well, that's true. We are in 32 states. So Millennium is in a part of Boston is the downtown crossing area is where Millennium is. And then the Seaport area to think, to think, think about this. It's only 17, 18 years ago that we built the Renaissance Hotel down there, and I couldn't even get a place to get a cup of coffee. Like, they would, yep. until the Roach Coach pulled up, we weren't eating. And I'm saying, why, is the, why are they building a hotel here? Yeah. There's nothing here but fish markets, right? So just think, in a short period of time, it's really been only the last decade, a little over a decade, that that seaport came alive and strong. So the seaport is all around the water. Everything's around water in Boston, but... Around water, so that became the hot spot. Go ahead. I just wanted to let the listeners know. Well, what I think was interesting about that is that these two neighborhoods are what, like a 10-minute walk 
from each other. Absolutely. But they're two completely different markets. You have a two-month supply in Seaport, a six-month supply in downtown. And what about the back bay? Wait a minute, hold that thought. I'm Cindy Stumpo, and you listen to Top of the Hills on WBZ News Radio 1030. Sponsored by Pella Windows of Boston, Next Day Molding, and Kennedy Carpet. Back to Thomas Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030, and I'm Cindy Snuppo, and you're here. I'm here with Samantha, Nick, Haley, and Kevin. Wow, wow I don't I'm think good. she'd ever be able to do I'm that. Good. I'm, good that I'm good. I'm good tonight. I'm good tonight. Go ahead, Haley. Finish up what you're saying. What were we talking about? I don't um, remember. You were talking you about don't. market share of each part market of Market share. So we got to the seaport. Has only two months. Uh, downtown Boston, downtown, six months. Six in Back Bay. Back Bay was about two to three. Three. I think it's three to four right now. Three to four months supply. Next business is more back bay than mine. Listen to him. Okay. So we keep forgetting about little Kevin over there, and we're not holding against him that he's from the South Shore, I promise you, Kevin. I think you are. I, I know I might be. It's like a North Shore, South Shore thing. I'm sorry, buddy. It's just It's all right. I don't like North Shore people either. So I, uh, <laughs> and we don't like you either. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Nick, knock him out right now, please. Right over the Okay. Let's go. Of my, of my next five listings I'm putting on in the next two weeks, I was the list agent over the last two years, and I didn't represent the buyers. So it was they were someone else's client. I had the listing on, and I'm relisting the house that they bought. And you're you're in the Cohasset, Cohasset, Hingham, situate. How is Duxbury? Is Duxbury still back in the day when I thought about South Shore? Duxbury was like the top of the top. That was Brookline, but is Cohasset now like a Brookline? And Duxbury, Duxbury is, like is just so far from Boston. During COVID, a lot more people would pay crazy prices there because they weren't going to Boston. But if you want a commutable town on the water, it's going to be Cohasset and Hingham that will be the four plus million dollars. Duxbury, there's only probably 15 homes over that price point. Really? Yeah. But Hingham, so it's you changed have the, a lot in the last two decades. But Hingham, two you decades. have the boat, you have the commuter rail, and you have 3A. I mean, Duxbury, you have to drive to Boston. Okay. Just is what it is. So um, now you're relisting homes that were already sold. So I listed them during COVID. Another agent brought them in as buyers. Those buyers have had. They thought they, they don't like the house, and I'm relisting the houses. And sitting down with them, hearing about the nonsense that their brokers told them to make them buy those houses is a joke. Like, it's just interesting. Like, there was four offers. They said we had to waive the contingencies. And I'm like, there wasn't even one offer on the house. You know, that's not coming from me as a list agent. That's coming from a buyer's agent that pushed them to do something uncomfortable. Wow. Whoa. So, oh, yeah. look. Talk about dirty. You know, it's, a dirt, it's been dirty. I mean, people who have sold one. How many times have you got offers from someone that's a $3 million house? It's their first deal ever. I mean, you're supposed to grow gradually and learn, learn, but you've been able to sell houses quickly in the South Shore. Okay. And like everything else, what goes down goes up and what goes up goes down. Absolutely. And that's going to be the cycle. That's just a cycle of business life. Stock market, you got the stock market rallying, you got stock market crashing. You got- well, it's weird because, Mom, there's a lot of people looking in a certain price point and there's not a lot out there for okay, what Okay, let's want. go there. What price point start with you, Sammy? Do you see a slowdown in your area? Unless your mother's building it. Newton, Brookline, four to five. Sorry, I had to throw that in there because my house is up. Brookline, 10 plus. Okay. And now, Nick, you're a price range. And by the way, I get to be cocky. I'm 35 years old here. When you guys catch up, then you can be cocky too. Until then, go ahead. You'd probably say in, in the city, you know, like the, the two to four range is really kind of like a no man's land right now. It's uh. You know, you're not going to say the two to four range is slowed. I feel like everything so under the two, two is still f- moving. Under two moves, 
two to four is slow. Anything over four is moving. There's no rhyme or reason to the okay, market. Okay, Boston's above got no million. rhyme or reason. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Burbs got a rhyme or reason. Boston's always playing in its own game. Well, because in Boston, it's it's someone's. Who you wants know, to above live in Boston with two kids, anyways? Well, no, but it's someone's second or third home. It's an investment. For I don't even want to go to people. Boston when I retire. I want to stay right in my home in Brooklyn. <laughs> I think there's okay? a lot of empty nesters that sold their houses in the Burbs that yeah. now That's all exactly want to be in the city. Yes. Exactly. Brooklyn is Boston. Yeah, we're talking the social. There's no. Restaurants or anything. They you got nothing in South Shore. See, that's why we don't like you South over there. Like, so what do you guys do away. for fun over there? We don't have fun. In the summertime, you do. We come visit you in the summertime, but then in the wintertime, we, we got nothing to do with you. I live in Boston selling the South Shore, so I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> and I get to come work in Boston every day. Yep. So best of both worlds exactly. all around. Okay. So, and Haley, what are you feeling? What's your price range that you're feeling? Under two, strong. Over five, also strong. Over five, predominantly empty nesters coming in, cash purchase, and they want all the bells and whistles. Yeah, they do. They want everything done for them. They don't want to do the blinds. They don't want to do the closets. They want to buy a home that yes. an interior designer has spent a lot of time, yes. and the, the seller has spent a lot of money investing in, and they just want to turn the door and walk on they in. They do. Yeah, huh? That's what's selling in Boston now. Okay, so, and now go ahead, Kevin. Under 1.5 million, the interest rates have affected it. It just says what. Okay, it is. let's talk. Good point. Okay. okay, so you're feeling the interest rate affecting the 1.5. Yeah. And the 1.5, I pay that. I pay three times a month that for a piece of land. But go ahead. 1. We know 5. you guys have more money than us on the side. No, I no. I <laughs> okay, but tell me, what does 1.5 get you? It's going to get you a in Hingham. It's going to get you a four bedroom, two and a half bathroom colonial from the 90s. Um, Why it, do you, all you guys love to do that? The four bedroom, two. No, no, I need square footage. So it's, yeah, we're small houses here. So we're going to be talking about just around 3,000 square feet. Okay. Not right. including a basement. Okay. Because I run my numbers by a square foot, right. not how many bedrooms. I could put nine bedrooms in a 3,000 square foot house, right? Yeah, yeah, the small <laughs> or people. Or two. Uh, <laughs> Little teeny people. And then, Coasa, you're going to get a similar thing. You're going to get 1.5 is going to either get you a three bedroom, one and a half bathroom, 2,200 square foot home. Okay. Walking to the water or downtown or just a okay. standard colonial. But you feel that price range hurting because of the interest rates right yeah. now, right? So if you take the 1.5 million, which is kind of a starter home in that area, and you start taking that across the country on $300,000 homes. And for, remember, we're, we're, we're really spoiled here in Massachusetts, okay? There's a big country out there that people buy homes for 180000 50000 90000 I know, I know. I'm on breakout. I'm on a social audio app. I hear it all the time. I'm like, uh, how much did you just pay for the house? Oh, yeah, I got a brand new house, 3,500 square feet on two acres of land. And what'd you spend? 560000 I couldn't build it for 560000 What? Like, I, my mind gets blown every time. You got to join a social audio app to see what goes on in the rest of the country. But with that being said, you know that that interest rate is going to hurt all of middle America, not just us up here, right? Everywhere. So that interest rate still keeps climbing. And we're going to talk about that for a minute because I know it dropped a little bit yesterday. It's not going to drop. I still say, and I'm going to say it, we're going to seven, okay? And some people are saying we're going to eight. Again, we'll have to see on the next two reports where inflation is and the um, unemployment rate. Now, if things have changed and inflation is coming down, then maybe he's still going to go out there. Powell's still going to go out there and he's going to move it 0.75 another two times. We know that going into, I think, the end of November and then the beginning of next year. 
The good thing is if you have money in the bank, you're going to collect some good money on your interest now, right? You're finally going to not going to get some income, but that's not most of America. Most of America is living paycheck to paycheck, and most of America buys payments, not houses, right? You know what I mean by that? Absolutely. Oh. They've got their monthly figured out and that they're maxed out for what they can afford. So even a few points, it's going to make a difference in their ability to, to rent for a home. One point is going to change the, the start of home game, and that's $1.5 million here. Right? I mean, I don't even know. Can you still buy a house in Linfield for $1.5 million? You can buy in Linfield for about a million. Right about a million. Now, but it's not gonna, you're going to do work on it. Okay. Like, there's a couple of homes on the market. They have a very thin market there in Linfield. But it's, you know, under under a million, there's like three houses. And I so think, think about this, guys. We're throwing around a million half dollars like it's nothing. We must sound to the rest of the country right now on here. Like one, two, three, four, five, five jerk-offs right now, right? But this is just Massachusetts. But think about it, that how much money you have to make to be able, a young couple today, to even afford a million half dollar home. We, we forget, like we live in our own little bubble here in, in Boston, right? It's a bubble, like we, we're secluded. So we talk like $4 million is nothing, right? Oh, it's only $4 million. can you go to four, four? No, no, like I really couldn't go past three, and somehow you got me to four, and now I'm at four, four, and that's not happening, right? So. Everybody just throws around millions like, like they all have it, and they, you know, they're picking off a tree, but they're not. And that's another problem. But when you see that million half and interest rates, again, is, you know, are hurting that price range, interest rates are going to hurt every price range unless you're a cash buyer. There's a lot of those running around and the in reason, this city. Yeah. And the reason why is this, guys. A lot of wealth has been accumulated the last decade, a lot. Price, I think it's the biggest decade ever of the most wealth to be made. So we can't forget there is a lot of money out there, right? And there is still our overseas money. You still have overseas buyers coming into Boston or are we shouting? I do, particularly from Hong Kong right now. So Hong Kong is still coming in uh, buying. Yeah, they want to get their money out. They're afraid of mainland China and Boston is... Everybody always wants to put their money in this country. Safe. And Boston is safe. There was a point when the overseas money was actually controlling Boston, but it's not anymore. Am I correct? Correct, and we saw a lot of, um, we, we did not see a lot of overseas money coming in. And now COVID. I gotta go to break, sorry. Going to break here, it says going to break. I'm City Stump, we listen to Tough as Nails on WDZ Radio 10.30, be right back. Sponsored by Newbrook Realty Group, Boston Wood, Smaller Insurance, World Auto Body, and Tosca Drive Auto Body. And welcome back to Tevis Nails and Sydney Stumpo on WBZ News Radio 1030. And the funniest stuff goes uh, in the stu- goes on in the studio when we go to break. I'm telling you, you could make this up. Okay, yeah, we're talking about being Italian, Irish, what parts of Boston we're from, accents. Okay, pick it up. Where were we? So we're talking about overseas buyers. Um, over COVID, we did see a bit of a pause in the downtown market. People weren't able to travel and um, they weren't able to get their money out. But now, and Nick can probably confirm, Sam, as well, we are seeing an influx of money coming in from international countries, particularly Hong Kong. Okay. How much of the market share do you think they're controlling in Boston right now? Let's say I, in the past week, have done 14 appointments, and at least half of them are with uh, buyers from Hong Kong. Hmm. Okay, or their so agents doing virtual tours for them. Y- you can call me wrong on this, because I could be wrong. Yeah. But what I saw the last two years from COVID was all I saw was money not money coming from other countries, money just moving around. 
It went from Boston to the Burbs, right? Agreed. It just replaced. Yeah. Agreed. And then people going from Massachusetts down to Florida, right? So it's all the money that's just been moving, but it's been moving through people that live in America, right? It's not... Absolutely. We are, we've had a long... It's the, overseas money's been running here since, I mean, 1978, that it was got very strong in the 70s, especially in Newton, right? So China, Jap, Japan, all of the Asian countries... You know, when they were coming here, they were coming with briefcases of money in the 70s, sure. just open up the briefcase at a closing. Like, that's how it was. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, now they come with a check. But back then, you know, that was the word on the streets. Like, yep, they just show up with the briefcase. You walk out with a briefcase of $300,000 for a house in Newton back then, 100000 Imagine those numbers. We'd all be buying houses, right? Wow. But so that's what I've seen is that the money just move around. But now you're seeing the overseas money coming in. Absolutely. I was chatting with a client just a few days ago. He's from Hong Kong, has multiple citizenships, is a citizen here in the U.S. And he expressed that they are concerned about what's going on there over the last year with mainland China. So right now there's a big push to move money either to the U.S. They like Boston because of our universities, uh, because of our health care and our hospitals. And they also like the U.K. Okay. Let me ask you guys this question. What'd you do, Haley, last year in sales? About I don't. I'm not holding you to the penny. Just about. Oh, about eighty. Eighty million in sales. Correct. Okay, Nick. Uh, about twenty. Okay, Kevin. Uh, one twenty-five, around one hundred twenty-five. You're moving a lot of million and a half dollar homes that are getting up to one hundred twenty-five million. But right? there's high end too. I mean, we got like I have both sides, six and eight, or not. I mean, there's big properties down here. We're not okay. all poor. So here, here's what I always ask brokers. You didn't ask me. I'm not, I already know what you make. Um, all right, Sammy, I'm sorry. I won't feel like the stepchild. How much money about? 96. Okay. And she's a one-man band, right? She's doing it all. Like, she's going to have a nervous breakdown, right? She's, she's a rock gonna, star. I don't know how she does it. She's it's amazing. But no, you know why? She just, she's like me. She doesn't know how to delegate. She knows she thinks she does it the best, and she does do it the best. And I know I do the best. But you got to learn to delegate because you get to a point when all of a sudden, all of a sudden when I, you wake up and, and you go, did, I'm 58. Her and I both delegated. I can't say everybody else on our team did, but we did. Who? When Haley and I did a deal together. Multiple. We've co-listed before. Yep. But you we delegated out, to each other. Well, we yeah. work a lot the same. Okay, but you don't trust just letting anybody go with your clients and... No. You know, so that's called... That's just... You know, it's a personal problem. We don't tell you. <laughs> that we don't know, I don't know how to delegate. She's not a great delegator. But, like, 125 million is big money. So let me ask you this question. Is that a team or you? So that's me. But I have, I have delegate. I have assistant. Oh, I'm sure you delegate. You're from a social social people delegate. <laughs> I, have a, I, have like, I have a full-time assistant, full-time marketing person. Of course you do. You have to. But I didn't for a long time. That was, I've only been doing that for like four years because oh. I, I almost had the mental breakdown. So you almost crashed and burned too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I coming- I a lot of yoga. I just started yoga. Oh, I don't know. She, she goes to great. yoga and then needs, all I see on Instagram is Dunkin' Donuts. This, yeah, but Dunkin she Donuts sweated thing. out the Dunkin' Donuts yeah, from yesterday. See, that, now you get it. I get okay. that. That's my beautiful Sammy. Okay, what do you think you'll do this year? Uh, my price point is going up a little bit and I'll do pretty much the same, so same volume, less deals. Explain. My price point went from 1.5 oh, to 2.2 this year because okay. I got some both sides of some really big deals. So I'm working less. So, okay, so you had another good year. Yeah. Haley? But next year won't be. Uh-huh. We'll go there. The year's stronger. We'll do about 100 this year. Okay. Handsome? I'm looking at about 30 this year. Okay. And now, are you worried about next year? Okay. 
Sam, are you worried about next year? Yes. Nick? Mm, no. What's wrong with you? I mean, I'm serious. Like, what, what, why do you think? Why do you think you're going to do the same next year as you did this year? He's from the North because Shore. I, he can't help himself. But go ahead. I'm, I'm somewhat diversified in in what I do. So I, I manage a lot of property. I have a law practice. I, I, no. I do a okay, lot of different things. No. Okay. Yeah, but things, you can't add but, all that into. We're talking no, no, no. about just sales. But sales. Oh, I do a geez. lot of things too. I'm a hooker on the side. I do this too. <laughs> I do that. No. That's, I mean, just in sales. No, seriously, in sales, like. Do you think you're going to have a stronger year next year, the same, or weaker than this year? Just sales. You can't predict. If it's the same, I'll be happy. Okay, that's a good answer. I like that answer. I don't know what to think, guys. I can't. I would love to say to you, after all this time in this business, that I'd love to be able to say you're not going to have, because you could. Like, you could land two big penthouse units, Haley, right? Absolutely. And it can make you a year. You can end up doing a commercial deal. It can make you a year. Do I think sales are going to fall down? I do. I do. Do I think that we're going to get hurt like other states? No, I don't. But if I mortgage oddly rates, enough think the city's going to rebound better than the suburbs. Yeah. You think the, I agree. the city's going to rebound better than the suburbs? I think there's a lot of suburbs that weren't doing well before and are going to go back to not doing well again. Well, remember last Agreed. quarter 2019. Things I think getting there's going to be a lot of inventory come this spring in the suburbs that builders are going to get smacked. Well, don't push that bad comma my way. Got that, kid? I didn't say you. I just also, no offense to brokers that just started this, I kind of want you to go bye-bye. Say that, and I feel the same way about other builders. So we're all on the same page. We're not, I don't mean to be like this, right? No, like, I don't want bad for people. But so I'm don't tired of wrong. calling a broker and saying, what will your client take? And you tell me, make your best offer. Yeah, see that the cockiness. Or don't call me back for three well, days. Every single person. I think the reason why we're not worried about next year is we're all going to hustle and we're all going to figure it out. There you go. Right. That's it. So would you say all four you are grinders? Absolutely. Yeah. You can, al- you can also tell right now, if you're looking in the city and you can call a broker and they call you back within an hour saying a showing is going to happen, it's very different than calling in the burbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the, I find the hardest part, if I was a broker, this would be hard for me at a, at a young age. You guys are, are young, but you're, you're, you're all now middle-aged or whatever. You're 41, right? 43. Nick, but yeah, 43. I'll take 41. He, he looks good, though. He's 43. He looks like he's 30. Haley, how 41. Yeah. Go. How old do you think I am? Ah, oh, geez. You're the baby of the group. No, I'm the baby. Well, okay. Those two. 32. Okay. Oh, you are younger than me. He is the baby. I just said the baby of the group. See, I'm right again. I'm always, Mommy's always right. Okay. The part about being a broker, or a builder for that matter, but more broker because we can kind of, we know we go to a closing. We know how much money we have to work with till our next closing, right? As brokers, you're making all this money and then, but... You can't count on it. It's not like you're working for corporate America where you know you're going to make 10000 a month, 15000 a month, 3000 a week, whatever it is. Do you all know how to save and put away and money manage really good? Because that's the only problem I see with brokers. They don't know how to manage money. And you get that check for hundred grand or eighty or sixty, And next thing you know, you, you blew through it. And you barely have enough money to pay your taxes, right? If you don't know how to manage money. I'm not talking about the people in this room. I'm talking in general. But for all of you, when you started out to now, have you learned better money management than you did when you first went out there? And I'll start with Kevin. Um, I learned to surround yourself with people who can do things for you that you can't. I'm not good at it, but I have a great wealth manager who 
calls and yells at me more than my mother yelled at me when I was younger. So I think as long as you have people in well, your- Well, you don't have the greatest, because if you had the greatest, you'd have my fiance. So, but I'll give you a guy okay. second. Okay, all right, greatest. that's fair. Okay. All, all right, right. Good. that's great, good. actually. Good. As long as we clarify that. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I think you have, you know, we trust ourselves, people trust us with their homes and we take it very seriously and we're good at our job. I think that we just but, have to trust the people around us to make sure they take care of you. But you get scared, like- that you're not going to make the same, or you, you. I think you have to position yourself that you can't worry about the next two years. You have enough money saved, and until then, that you put enough money away for a rainy day, as you my have grandmother to. called it, right? What about you, Haley? Watch I'm really conservative by nature, but I I know I'm, if, I'll just work harder. If I need to work harder, I'll work harder. That's I'll make what money. I say. No, no, that's not the right attitude. You got to save your money. Go ahead, Nick. Eight seconds before I get blow to commercial. So I have tended to wake up every morning feeling like I'm broke my whole life no matter how much money I have and that's something that's always Oh, that's a not your problem. That's a personal problem. <laughs> no, no, okay, no. all right, we're that's going to break. I'm hungry. Cindy Stompo and you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And welcome to Cindy Stompo and Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Okay, Kevin, how do people reach you? Uh, Instagram, Kevin Lewis RE. My phone number is 617. Go slow, Boston boy. Uh, I like that, Boston boy. 617-774-9051. The Kevin Lewis Group at Compass. Say your number again. 617-774-9051. Okay, and you're in the South Shore area. You're everywhere but South Shore is your game. Go ahead, Haley. Haley Cutter with Cutter Lux Living at Compass. And you can reach me on Instagram at Haley.Cutter or on my cell, 774-240-9174. Nick, take it. Nick Mattia from Luxury Residential Group. Reach me at 617-543-0566. And you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Have a great, safe weekend, and we'll see you next week. Please join us on Breakout, the new social audio app that Cindy and Samantha Stumble are on. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.